Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. This is episode five in our London Marathon Milestone series. It's actually the last episode in this series, and it's all about being prepared for race day. So today we're going to be sharing with you everything that we suggest that you do to keep yourself mentally, physically, and nutritionally in tip-top shape ahead of the big day and also to help you on race day. Welcome to our Marathon Milestone series, dedicated to supporting everyone training for the 2022 London Marathon with food and nutrition tips. The series of five episodes is for both first-time marathon runners as well as seasoned marathon veterans. So whether this is your first marathon or your 10th, We aim to support you in being marathon ready over the next 16 weeks with strategically timed nutrition tips and advice at every stage of your training plan. We really want you to be fit and fueled for race day. Karen and I will share tips and suggestions to give you big results in your running performance. In each episode, we will build on the previous episodes so by the time it gets to the event day, you'll feel race ready. And although we're tracking this landmark event, we're sure that you'll find the information interesting and helpful for whichever autumn marathon you're training for this year. So please share this episode with your running friends so that they can benefit from all the nutritional insights given in this milestone series. Really hope that you find your advice helpful and we'd love to know how you're progressing during your training. So reach out to us at hello at runnershealthhub.com and let us know how you're getting on. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact us at Runners Health Hub. Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Aileen and I'm here with Karen for our fifth and last episode in our London Marathon Milestone series, which has gone very quickly. Um, It's just over a week until race day, um, so hopefully everyone's now taking it easy with their training, taking some time to rest and eat well, and hopefully you're all in the best place you can be physically and mentally um, for the 2nd of October. So hi Karen, how are you today? Hi, Aileen. Hi, everybody. Yes, no, I'm good. Thank you. And like you say, you know, I can't believe it's just over a week until race day. So everybody's um, hopefully well into tapering now and is under tapering consistently and doing a strict, strict taper and taking care of themselves and their immune system. Brilliant. So just to uh, recap on what we discussed in the the last uh, milestone episode. So um, we began with what you were um, going to do with your everyday healthy food plan um, to make sure that you had all the nutritional foundations in place for your running. Then in episode two, we moved on to discuss runga, uh, what it is and how to avoid it. In episode three, we spent some time considering the various 
physical and mental hurdles you might have to overcome as your training increases and as the long endurance uh, runs kick in. And then um, we looked at the, the various food and hydration strategies to ensure that your your nutrition was race ready. And we also looked into tapering, which you just mentioned, Karen, and your nutrition to support it. So we've covered a lot and hopefully uh, we've prepared you all well. Uh, so, Karen, what have we got uh, planned for today's discussion for this final episode? Well, Aileen, you mentioned um, rest at the beginning, which I think is a really important point um, at this time in training. But but also alongside that is sleep. So for this ultimate episode, I thought that we would spend some time looking at nutritional and lifestyle approaches to encourage adequate and quality sleep in the days and nights uh, leading up to the 2nd of October. Then I thought we could move on and outline some food and nutrition strategies for race day itself, then finish with some tips on being prepared physically and mentally on race day itself. So we've looked at physical and mental hurdles and we've looked at motivational um, quotes and things to keep you going through training. And today we'll look at um, that the physical and mental preparation on race day itself. Great. So lots to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we usually try to aim for 40 to 50 minutes, but quite often we go over that. So uh, we'll see how we do today. Yes. Uh, so let's get started, Karen, and consider the, the importance of sleep. And it, it's an area of health for, for runners that we often feel is neglected and its importance is is underestimated. Um, and we've we've dedicated um, a couple or three episodes actually to um, the, this subject because we think it's so important. So if anybody's interested in going back, episode 13 uh, was called Sleep Essentials for Running Performance. Episode 32, we looked at food for sleep. And then episode 50, we talked about eat, sleep, run. And that was where we discussed the performance triangle Uh, where training, nutrition and rest are all equally important. So, Karen, I just wondered if today you could refresh everybody's memories on why we feel that adequate or indeed optimal sleep is so important. Yeah, sure. I will, Aileen. So so sleep in humans is defined as um, a complex, reversible behavioural state where an individual is perceptually disengaged from and unresponsive to their environment. But to take that a little bit further... Good sleep health, and we like to speak about sleep health because it's important. You've got nutritional health, physical health, all sorts of health. And we think sleep health is 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 a really lovely word to use because it's because sleep is so important for health. Now, sleep health is characterized as having sufficient sleep for an appropriate duration and feeling satisfied afterwards. This then allows for high efficiency and sustained alertness during the hours. Now, adequate sleep duration differs depending on an individual's life stage. So, 
for example, for adolescents, um, eight to 10 hours is um, thought to be adequate, adequate sleep length. For adults, seven to nine hours. And then for older adults, seven to eight hours. And actually for sleep to be restorative, we do need to be having these set hours of sleep consistently. So again, that word consistently comes into our vocabulary as it does so often. Yeah, I mean, consistency is a key for everything, isn't it? And it's certainly a mantra of ours for many of the things that we speak about, as everybody will know. Uh, but thinking specifically about runners, um, sleep is so important in so many ways. Um, uh, it's known um, to have a restorative effect on the immune system and the endocrine system, which is our hormonal system. And um, it could also help reduce the, the risk of infection and inflammation. Uh, now, especially sleep early in the night, that's known to reduce the actions of cortisol, which is our stress hormone, and inflammation and infection leading to um, an injury is a real bugbear for many runners, as we know. So getting appropriate sleep consistently uh, may help minimise uh, the risk of getting those um, injuries and infections. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, Karen, um, sleep is really important for cognitive health. So it's got a, a key role in brain health and communication as well as mood. Uh, you mentioned alertness. So I don't, maybe we haven't thought about how it's important to be alert as a runner, but it, it really uh, will help us and mood and motivation is really key too. Um, so maintaining, um, you know, good uh, brain health uh, in all of those different areas is really going to help our running mojo as well as supporting focus and concentration, particularly when carrying out um, skill-based training. So lots of reasons um, why we need sleep. Um, so what about the, the flip side, Karen? What are the poor consequences of poor sleep health? Yes, well, actually, the consequences of poor sleep health are actually wide and varied. So that neurological, so the brain and, and hormonal effects appear to be the most significant, um, which for runners, us as runners, that might affect the metabolism of carbohydrates, therefore glucose metabolism, and that potentially leading to diminished readily available energy for running, poor recovery, but also fatigue and an increase increased risk of injury and illness. And also it might affect appetite. So appetite could be increased or decreased and that could possibly lead to weight gain or weight loss, which might not be optimal for um, individual runners. Um, and could also least, again lead to increased risk of injury, poor performance, and maybe even the gradual um, and unconscious, subconscious development of, of red S. So that's that relative energy deficiency syndrome. So, um, so, so, so that change in appetite could have far-reaching effects. Also, um, it will affect energy intake, so too much, too little. Again, that could be linked back to appetite and, um, and then body composition as well, but also could have an effect on protein synthesis, um, therefore reduced muscle protein synthesis, poor muscle recovery or muscle remodeling. So really limiting the performance gains from the training that you've done and also reduce cognition like you were speaking about, Aileen. So 
therefore affecting um, concentration, focus, learning could potentially lead to low mood, therefore low motivation for for our running and and other life events as well. So, you know, the consequences of poor sleep are quite uh, quite far reaching. They are. And and as you said, sort of underrated that people don't often think about why they're feeling that way and that the root of it is poor sleep. So the moral of the story is is get to bed. In in all seriousness, for the next week or so, we, we really recommend that you aim to achieve regular and adequate sleep so that you feel that you are at your best on race day. So, um, you know, getting to bed early and having good quality sleep, it can often be a bit elusive. Um, people think they can't have it. So we thought that we'd share a few nutritional and lifestyle tips with you today, which will help attain optimal sleep. Um, so if you uh, are a coffee drinker or, or indeed um, have any drinks with caffeine in, uh, we'd suggest that you you stop your caffeine intake by midday. Um, so no caffeine after midday. Um, and if you find that that is um, too difficult to do, then maybe you could think about uh, using green tea or decaf coffee if, if necessary. The both still will contain a little bit of caffeine, um, but it's thought that um, that content wouldn't be sufficient uh, enough to affect sleep. Um, and also, uh, we mentioned this on the last episode, but just be aware that many of the performance gels and drinks do contain caffeine. So read the labels and monitor consumption, particularly if you're having them in the afternoon or the evening, because they might be the thing that are causing you uh, not to sleep, as well as you know any kind of exercise is stimulating. So if you're an evening runner, that might be another reason that you um, aren't maybe potentially not sleeping as well. Um Aim to have your main meal uh, no less no later than three hours before bed. Uh, doing that will allow your body to digest the food sufficiently before you go to bed and to sleep. And um, and something else that you could do is think about increasing magnesium rich foods. So um, magnesium is um, it's known as the na- nature's tranquilizer, and uh, it also will support um, muscle relaxation and help to induce sleep. So you'll get uh, magnesium in dark green leafy vegetables, nuts and seeds, and, and dark chocolate. So they would be foods to uh, add into your food plan. Is there anything else that you would add, Karen, to that list? Yeah, actually, just a couple of things, Aileen. Um, I would suggest increasing your protein intake, so the likes of chicken, fish, eggs, turkey, legumes, because they contain um, tryptophan. And tryptophan is important in supporting the production of melatonin. Um, And it's also um, important to support muscle strength and repair, um, to manage body composition and insulin sensitivity. So tryptophan has got a a lot of supportive um, effects. So, um, so I would suggest having those foods. Um, introducing a sleep-friendly snack before you go to bed. Now, Eileen, you were saying about having the main meal sort of at least three hours before you go to bed, and I would agree with that. Um, but maybe for some people, just having a light snack um, and a sleep-supportive snack uh, before going to bed might be helpful. Now, I'm thinking here of a protein-carbohydrate mixed 
um, snack. For example, you could maybe have some cherries or kiwi fruit with um, Greek yogurt because all of those foods contain melatonin. Um, tart cherries, um, you could have tart cherry juice. It's I don't know. It's I think it comes tart cherries come more in um, the juice form I think than the actual cherries themselves, um, but tart cherries have got um, are high in melatonin as well, so you could have that as a juice. You could have a whey protein shake, um, because you've got melatonin and tryptophan in that. Kiwi fruit has got serotonin and um, pumpkin seeds is, contains tryptophan. So you could have those combinations and, um, again, have that with some Greek yogurt. And remember, you want really to have something, but not too much, like I say, and not too little. Um, and you also want it to be easy to digest, to sort of build on what you were saying um, earlier, Aileen, about um ensuring that the body hasn't got too much digesting to do once you go to bed because there's lots of other activities and work that the body needs to do as you sleep. And then thinking about some lifestyle approaches to good sleep health, you could maybe consider trying to get to bed at least a little bit earlier than you are currently doing. So we would promote maybe trying to get there an hour earlier, but if that seems too much, then even half an hour. And I think this is a, a good start if you currently go to bed really late. Um, so starting maybe, if, like I say, if an hour is too much, then 30 minutes and building up. And then if you if you do go to bed really late, then um, sort of maybe going to bed one and a half hours earlier is, is what you would want to aim for. And also um, try to complete any tasks. So I'm thinking here of household and business tasks by around eight o'clock, really to allow yourself time to wind down to, and to relax in some way before you're going to bed. Power off your phone, switch off the, the computer, the tablet, the TV, whatever it is you do in the evening, at least an hour before you go to bed. And, uh, and, and that's just to really to get rid of all the, the distractions and that blue light that comes from these devices before you go to bed. So, uh, so that's some lifestyle hints. Yeah, and I think the other thing to do is think about preparing your bedroom for sleep um, so that when you get into bed, um, you know, you're ready to relax and you're not distracted. So, um, you know, things like if you've got a, a messy room or there's lots of things on the bed, you know, make tidy your bed up earlier um, and choose something relaxing to do before bed. Um, so maybe some soothing music, have a bath, um, use magnesium salts, they would be good. Um, read a novel, um, maybe have a chat with the family, uh, non-contentious subjects only, um, keep things light. Um, and another thing that might be helpful is to maybe do some yoga. So you might want to do some restorative yoga, which would be great for runners. Something that um, I like to do in the evening, it helps me wind down and it puts me in the right state to uh, to start relaxing and going to bed. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I I attend a, a restorative yoga for runners, and that's online, and that's hosted by um, um a company called uh, M Yoga. So Emma runs the the yoga company. 
And um, and it is really loving because it's restorative. It is relaxing. It's stretching the muscles rather than constricting the muscles. So if this is something that you think that you would enjoy, then you can contact Emma via email at m at myoga.co.uk. And it's held on a, a Monday evening at eight o'clock and like at UK time. And like I say, because it's online, wherever you are in the world, if you fancy joining it, you'd be able to do that. So just contact Emma. Great, great, great suggestion, Karen. So um, hopefully everybody's now aware of the importance of appropriate and adequate sleep in general, but especially in this uh, next week in the lead up to Marathon Day. Um, So staying on the theme of Marathon Day, now let's uh, think about what your food and nutrition strategies uh, should be for race day. Um, So thinking about the the night before the, the marathon, um, and, and what your meal should be the night before. Uh, the focus is, is continues to be on healthy, balanced and colourful food, mm. um, and it should contain a high amount of complex carbohydrates and adequate uh, protein. So an example of a pre-race dinner uh, would be a chicken breast around about 120 grams with 200 grams of cooked brown rice served with some roast vegetables, Remember to have it approximately three hours before bedtime. Um, And if you need a a snack, you could add in uh, a snack an hour before bed, which might be a Greek yogurt with kiwi, and that would help encourage good sleep. Um, If you're a vegetarian, you could maybe swap the chicken for eggs, or if you're a vegan, you could swap the chicken for tempeh or or tofu. So that's just a bit of a suggestion for a a pre-marathon dinner. Yeah. And and what I would just stress here is that you don't really want to be having any stimulating foods and beverages at this point. So ideally, like we said earlier, no caffeine, no caffeine after midday, no alcohol and no chocolate either at this point in time. Although it does contain magnesium, which helps with muscle relaxation, but maybe keep that for after the race and then you can introduce the chocolate and, uh, and, and for its for its magnesium levels. Also be mindful of your hydration. You want to go into the race well hydrated. So drink water um, a little while before your meal and then a little while after your meal. And also maybe take water to bed with you. Drink some um, then as soon as you get up in the morning. So again, you're trying to, because you can become dehydrated to, um um, during the night, depending on how hard the, the body is working with the metabolic processes, but also depending on what your room is like, maybe it's a, it's a dry environment. So just just be mindful of that. So we have now reached the morning of the race. So what do you eat and drink now? Now, remember, we do have a couple of episodes dedicated to this subject, and they are episode 10 race day success looking at nutritional strategies and then a more recent one episode 93 fueling marathon running but just thinking of the morning of the marathon um i would say probably most people have at least two hours from waking to the race actually beginning um because you know they'll need to eat to dress 
potentially pack their rucksack unless they're like alien and they've got all that sorted out the night before um, and with everything in it that you need to take with you. And um, and of course, there is the travel time to the race venue, which for the London Marathon is at Blackheath in southeast London. And, um, you know, for some people, it's it's going to be I still think a minimum of two hours with everything that you've got to do in the morning and even if you leave fairly close and but for some people the travel time can actually be quite significant so just bear that in mind yeah yeah and I think you've always always got to bear in mind that there could be delays as well you know in travel and so you do have to uh, work on your timings really um so how long you have from rising, getting up in the morning until the race begins really determines how much and what type of food you require. Um, so the guidelines suggest that you would um, have uh, carbohydrate wise, you would eat one to four grams of carbohydrate per body weight um, in the uh, period of one to four hours before the start of the race. So our recommendations would be if you have that two to four hour window before the race um, that you can eat, then choose some slow-release carbohydrate foods and and have some protein at that time too. And then if you have, um, you know, the two to four-hour window, um, you could also look at consuming between two to four grams of carbohydrate, so two to four grams per kilogram of body weight, of, of carbohydrate food sources. So an example of a pre-race meal breakfast would be a two egg omelette filled with some vegetables of your choice, but choose the ones that you know don't cause you any digestive issues. So some ideas might be spinach, mushroom, peppers, and have this with a couple of large slices of wholemeal sourdough toast. Um, that would be a nice balanced pre-real, pre-race breakfast that would um get you to the race on time yeah Yeah, that's some um good ideas Aileen if you've got that sort of two to four hours before the race begins if you've less got less than the two hours before the race then maybe choose more quick release carbohydrate food so I'm thinking here maybe of white bread white rice polenta white potato because they're going to be more um easily absorbed so would support that efficient glycogen storing and limit any potential digestive issues as well because as you get closer to the race countdown and all as always you know remember to drink plenty of water at the time and assess whether you need to use electrolyte drops or not you know look at what the weather is doing look on your phone um what is it going to be like uh, um at the start but also as you go through the race because it can be quite different at the time you start the race to what the weather is going to be like by the time you finish it um And there are many different brands of electrolytes out there, but one that we like and recommend are Elite Electrolyte because they're really easy to use, they're easy to carry and mostly tasteless. You know, you do have a a hint of sodium in your water, um, but that's it. And we'll tell you more about where to find Elite and a special offer that we have for you as well, but we'll do that later. And then there's the, the, you need to think here about coffee versus no coffee. Again, this is really individual and will depend on whether you are a responder or a non-responder. And we've spoken about that in the series already and whether you use it as an ergogenic aid regularly or not. Um, So I'm not going to dwell on it here because we did discuss it before. 
Okay, so you, you've had your pre-race breakfast and you'll have travelled to Blackheath and you'll probably have a bit of time now until the race begins. Um, so during this time, it, it would be advised to have a quick-release carbohydrate snack um, just to keep your glucose levels topped up and help preserve the stored energy, the stored glycogen for later in the race uh, when you, you'll you definitely need to tap into it. So if you've got less than 30 minutes to go when you arrive at Blackheath and have this snack while you're traveling uh, because you'll want to eat it in the 30 to 60 minutes before the gunfires um, and foods that you could consider would be um, a banana, a small box of raisins, maybe a, few, a fruit puree pouch or a fruit bar like frutina. Um, they're all very easy to, to transport and carry. So that would be an easy thing to do. And then remember to uh, within 30 minutes of starting the race, have uh, some water or an electrolyte drink um, and that will help uh, limit any risk of digestive issues as, as you start running. Yeah, absolutely. Because that 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 last 30 minutes um, of time before the, the gun goes, you really don't want to be eating any food at that point because that could lead to um, sort of reactive hypoglycemia. So that dip in um, sugar levels or it could sort of trigger some digestive issues at that point. So that's why you want to be having it sort of that 30 to 60 minutes before and in that last 30 minutes, just having the water or the electrolytes, whichever is um, is, is important for you. So, okay, we're moving on. The starting gun has been fired and you're off. The excitement and the adrenaline is going to be flowing as you really, at this point, try to find your space and your pace for the race. And, and with, such, with it being such a big race, it might actually take you a bit of time to find your pace. And um, what I would say is as you run along, it is really easy to forget to eat and drink. But remember, hydration and carbohydrate intake are the limiting factors in running performance, as we stress so often. So it's really important to begin to eat your quick release carbohydrate snacks at around between 30 to 60 minutes into the race, maybe more for most people, 45 to 60 minutes into the race, and then continue with this strategy throughout the race. Now, you're aiming to have between 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrates every hour, and really should have been practicing this strategy during your training. So hopefully you have the snacks that work for you at hand, in your pockets, in your rucksack, wherever it may be. Now, snacks that we have suggested previously include medjool dates which are our favorite the ella's kitchen fruit pouches that you were speaking about um alien or if you prefer more of a, a savory taste you could choose the sweet potato one uh, the honey stinger gels but also raisins could be a good choice as well for some people so just remembering that strategy as you're running along yeah and as you said karen hydration is also a limiting factor in running performance. And uh, so it's really important that you remain mindful about your fluid needs. Don't forget to keep uh, topping up your hydration. So drink regularly, top up at the drink stations um, along the course. And remember to adapt and increase your intake if the weather conditions are, are hot um, and if you have a high sweat rate. Uh, so just sort of notice all of these things and uh, adjust as, as you need to. Um, often uh, small amounts taken um, frequently can be preferable, especially if you're a fast runner, because you might not want to 
um, drink large volumes of water, you might find it difficult to do that if you're a fast runner. And as you said, Karen, um, electrolytes might be necessary um, and you can maybe have them either in a, a gel or a tablet or a drop form. Now, the one that we really like, uh, in fact, we, we both use all the time, uh, the Elite Drops, um, then more or less tasteless. Um, they, they understandably have a, a slightly salty taste and you can just um, add them to your water bottle. And you can also purchase uh, small bottles that could easily be placed in the camelback or waist belt. So you can top up on the run if you need to. Um, so, Karen, um, Elite has a, an interesting story. So would you mind just giving everybody a bit of background to that? Yes, absolutely. So the, the parent company is Mineral Resources International, so MRI UK Limited, and it holds the European distribution rights for Elite and was actually founded by a chap called David Thomas. Now, during his youth, Dave was actually, David's brother, was actually a, a national sprint champion and a member of the first GB Junior Athletics team. Now, Following his athletic career, he then went on to train as a geologist, would you believe? So quite different, um, which really provided him with the knowledge to understand the complex geology of um, land surrounding and feeding the, the Great Salt Lake. And from that, he learned about its unique mineral-rich water. And it's from that um, Great Salt Lake that Elite originates, which I found quite interesting and fascinating. So David then went on to train as a nutritionist um, and a chiropractor. So he's very, very highly skilled as David. And it's from these skills, as well as being a sprinter in his youth, that he really came to understand the critical role that electrolytes and other trace and ultra trace minerals play in that efficient functioning of the body and the mind, all of which um, also need to be in peak condition for exercise and for all sports. Now, it was it was actually the bringing together of all these unique combinations, this unique combination of skills and his knowledge that um, brought Elite to the attention of David. And so um, the company MRI, so that Mineral Resource International, was born. Now, regarding um, this project, David is committed to, to providing um, products with excellent provenance, um, that the ingredients are 100% natural and um, and and above all, you know, he 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 advocates that um, what the what what you get is what they say on the tin. It ticks all the boxes um, perfectly, and it's really, you know, he's really passionate about spreading the word and um, you know to have a truly exceptional product um, that um, is going to be used by athletes and other people who play sport and exercise across the whole of Europe. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit of background about the product. And it was really interesting reading the background and it just, I like the product anyway, but that just kind of endorsed it a bit more for me. Yeah, and as you said, Karen, um, you know, or I said, we both use Elite and uh, we've, we have set up a special offer for you to try them out. So if you are interested in trying Elite, you'll get all the details at our website, uh, runnershealthhub.com. 
go to the shop uh, tab on the menu bar and uh, look at our favorite supplements page and you'll find elite drops there with the discount code and the discount code is rhh 15 and that will give you a 15% discount um, on all their products and feel free to share that with um, your running friends um, and we'll put the code in our show notes too so definitely worth a try and uh, we hope that uh, they help you yeah absolutely and um you know we do recommend elite drops but if you preferred you could actually make your your own homemade electrolyte drink that could help quench your thirst now we posted our electrolyte drink um, recipe in the facebook page recently and if you are on our mailing list, um, you also would have received it by email um, because it was one of our recent Tuesday recipe posts. So uh, we really love this recipe and it is definitely my go-to uh, drink when I'm going out on my long runs in the warm weather. So if you haven't got the recipe and you would like the recipe, then um, if you join our mailing list and you can do that at runnershealthhub.com or join our Facebook group and you'll be able to access them there. So hopefully you're all now feeling nutritionally prepared um, and hydrationally prepared for the big day. So before we move on to um, think about some tips on being prepared for race day physically and mentally, I think maybe we'll take a short advert break, Aileen. So I'll hand over to you. Okay, thanks, Karen. So this is the moment in the podcast where Karen and I take a, a minute to talk to you about what we do outside of the podcast. Uh, we really hope that you've enjoyed this London Marathon Milestone series and you've got lots of value from the information, hints and, and tips that we've shared um, that you really enjoy your race day. Um, but, you know, as all runners, we, once we get to race day and we, we've done, done the race, we start looking at what we're going to do next in our training, in our training and what next race we might do. Um, so you might be thinking, well, I've really enjoyed this series, but I'd like to have access some to, to some more help. And one of the ways that you can have that is if you join our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program. And um, that gives you um, access to lots of additional information and materials which will help support your training and running performance. Um, and it's information that you can return to again and again, and it'll help you uh, keep on track and excel in your running performance goals. Um, it's a short and sweet video program. You can complete it in 30 minutes a day over two weeks, or you can take as long as you need to. Uh, there's lots of materials and downloads, uh, which I've mentioned, which can really help. Uh, but most of all, it gives you an opportunity to join our Zoom coaching circle, which we hold um, on two sessions um, on a Thursday, so at lunchtime and in the evening. And that means that whenever you've got a question about your nutrition or training, you can jump on a call and have uh, a one-to-one Q&A with us. And uh, that's really invaluable. Um, So if you are interested, um, check out our website, runnershealthhub.com. Look at the Work With Us page. um, You'll see a drop-down menu and you'll find uh, Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. And there's a page there that will explain everything about the program. Um, If you are interested... You'll have probably heard us mention this in previous episodes. We do have a special discount code for you to use at the checkout. Um, That code is RACE, R-A-C-E, and that will give you £200 off the full price. So you can join us for only 97 Now, that discount uh, is just running 
until the week after the London Marathon. So if you would like to uh, work with us um, in that scenario, um, please do make the most of getting that discount code. Um, so um, let's uh, let's see who joins us. Great. Thanks, Celine. Yes, hopefully lots of people will um, take the benefit of that special offer because, like you were saying, Elena is going to end soon. Okay, so now let's look at some tips to help you be prepared for any eventuality really on race day. Now, one strategy to support you in this is to consider the what if um, strategy. Now, the idea is to think of circumstances that could change between now and race day or on race day, then outline a strategy to overcome the potential um, obstacles. So, for example, it could be, what if there is bad weather on race day? So, remember, you're not alone. Everyone will be dealing with adverse race conditions too. So, that's a psychological way of thinking about it. You're not going to be on your own with this. Everybody's going to have to be dealing with that similar scenario. But also think about um, um, setting realistic goals. So focus on what you can control. For example, what will you wear? How will you adjust your running pace to deal with the, the conditions underfoot? Will you wear the same running shoes that you would wear if it was going to be dry weather? So, And that might lead into you thinking, OK, do I take two pairs of shoes with me and then make a decision in the moment which pair you're going to wear depending on the weather conditions? And then you can store the, the other pair. Another scenario might be, what if I don't have enough fuel to sustain my race? So what I would say here is hopefully that won't be a, a, a what if for you because you've been um, putting lots of things in, in place through the, the advice that we've given you. But just in case, what I would say here is bring backups. Make sure you've got lots of, of extra snacks in your rucksack and um, make sure that you take sufficient with you on the race. Uh, or if you don't want to carry too many, maybe ask some friends and family to have some on hand at strategic points in the race. Now, you would need to determine these places beforehand so they can look for you and you can look for them and they can hand you something to either eat or drink. So that's another strategy. And another one is what if I hit the wall? Because for some people, that might it might be something that they haven't experienced in training. Therefore, will they know if they've hit the wall? What's that going to feel like? So just remember that it's not a nice um, sort of um, situation to be in, but it is temporary. So I think that's worth bearing in mind and to keep in mind. Also, take on some, some fuel if you do feel that that is occurring, that you're getting any symptoms that might suggest that you're hitting the wall. You may have experienced similar effects, although you might not have fully hit the wall, so to speak, in training, you might have had um, experienced similar symptoms, maybe because you didn't take enough food with you on your long training run. So it might not feel completely alien to you. And then just focus on taking it one step at a time. If you do have to pull back and walk for a period of time whilst you refuel um, that, that, that is a good strategy as well. And also think about using your mantra to help whatever your mantra is to help, um, get you through. 
Focus on your goal to help get you to the finish. Uh, remember to listen to our podcast on hitting the wall um, as a supportive measure on 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 preventing it happening. And like I say, if all else fails, walk for a while anyway, and um, to see if you recover. And um, and if you don't recover, then potentially you could walk to the end. So, like we were saying in the last episode when we we're looking at um, these famous quotes. It's about reaching the finish line. So, um, so you might be walking, but you still be able to to get there. So, um, so those are just some ideas of what if scenarios and strategies for that. Yeah, I like the the what if question. It gives you uh, a chance to um, consider all things, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, another thing that uh, people might want to think about from a mindset point of view is um, setting themselves some. Um, goals for race day but in the form of an ABC goal so for instance goal A might be um, perfection so it might be um, a personal best or it might be being a first in a category Um, goal B might be being happy um, and being happy with your result Um, and that might be because something's happened along the way that you didn't um, foresee Um, so given the situation you're happy with the result and goal C is just to finish, even if it means walking. And if you if you think your way through those, you'll have uh, prepared yourself for it mentally and then you'll be able to cope with whatever happens. Um, and some other tips just to make sure you feel prepared for race day is um, write a checklist if you're a list maker uh, and tick each of the items off as you get them together. And um, some of the things that you might want to consider putting on your list are, um, if you, particularly if you're traveling from abroad uh, for uh, the London Marathon or, or for any race, uh, remember your passport, very important. Do a quick check to ensure you've got the uh, validity, the six-month validity on the passport. Um, in these COVID times, you might need to have a, um, what's the word, Karen? What do you need? A certificate. Yeah, it's not a vaccination certificate, um, depending on where, where you're traveling to. Um, and um, and then, you know, other, you know, straightforward things like make sure you've got your bib number, your safety pins. So obviously, this is a must for race day. Uh, your timing chip, um, if it's not attached to the bib number, I don't know what happens with the London Marathon these days. Um, and then, Make sure you've also got your money, uh, a credit card for bus, train, food uh, before and afterwards. Um, Make sure you've got your phone, a charger and um, any supplements and medications you you regularly uh, need with you. So, uh, yeah, quite a few things. I, I could probably... Do a very long list, as you know, a list. But I'm going to bore you with that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for those ones because I do think that they're ones that are crucial, but could easily be forgotten. And um, and also remember your running shoes because if you've got no shoes, you've got no race. A bit oh. like your bib, really. If you've got no bib, I, I think they're really strict. And that if you've got no bib, there's no race. So the same with your running shoes. Um, but what I would say here is don't wear new shoes. Um, it's really important that you have worn them several times during your training and that they feel really comfortable and they don't rub and they don't cause blisters or anything like that. And then other um, sort of items that spring to mind for me are just thinking about putting in a, a raincoat or a poncho or just a black bag really so that you can stay warm at the start line if it is chilly or it's raining. Um, 
maybe because it's October, you might want to to think about including hat and gloves as well. Um, and, and even if you don't need it during, you might actually want to, to have them for afterwards because, you know, you can cool down and become quite cold quite quickly after such a long race. So that's just some other additionals there. Yeah, good Good point. As, as we're into the early autumn, um, it, it possibly um, there might be a little bit of chill in the air. But you've actually taken me back to a, a really happy memory, Karen. My, my dad often used to buy a stash of rain ponchos for the start of races. And I think it was his way of offering some practical support. Um, so it was, it was really sweet of him. He used to go to the local camping shop and uh, buy a stash and I mean dad's no longer with us but I often wonder what the uh, shop assistant thought of a gentleman in his 80s what why was he coming into the shop bulk buying rain ponchos Uh, (laughs) all my friends were very grateful and we had a rainbow of different colors so people could choose what they wanted Um, although I have done a bin bag and that does very nicely too yeah, oh, I think that's really lovely, Alien. It's a lovely memory of your dad. And do you still have some of these ponchos or have they all been used by you and friends? I think I've got one left, actually. So right. a little bit of a memento. Absolutely. You're going to have to keep that one. <laughs> um, and also I think other things to think about are warm top and bottoms for after the race, because like I say, you know, you do cool down really quickly. Maybe a towel, deodorant, a scented spray, because you might want to um, go out. You might not be going straight home. And, um, and if there are no shower facilities, you might just want to freshen up a little bit bit so that you can go out and have a coffee or a a meal or something afterwards and um, maybe music and earphones Uh, I believe the earphones are allowed at London but do check that out just in case um, they've changed the the rules but I know that you that you were allowed to use them Um, an oil-based rub so for example Vaseline you might want plasters for any chafing and blisters because that can over that period of running that distance of running you might actually require that and also sunglasses sunscreen if um, potentially it's going to be um, a warm autumn day and um, and and clearly you want to remember your food for your pre-during post-race and also your electrolyte drops just in case it's a warm day gosh so many things (laughs) i know i know Um, but it does help you be prepared and uh, remember the what if strategy and consider uh, putting together a checklist uh, that would be highly recommended. Um, so, Karen, actually, you know, I think we're going to do I think we might hit our time frame today. Um, so um, that brings us to the end of our London Marathon Milestone series. Um, but before we go, Karen, uh, could you give us our key takeaways from this episode? Yes, sure, Aileen. Um, What I would say is remember the importance of sleep and rest in the last few days before your race. And um, that restorative sleep means having sufficient sleep for an appropriate duration that then leaves you feeling really satisfied and refreshed afterwards. And this then um, will allow for that high efficiency and sustained alertness um, as you 
go through the the waking days and as you go through the um the, the race itself there are lots of um, nutritional and lifestyle approaches that you could implement to help support good sleep um, including no stimulants after midday increasing your intake of magnesium rich foods including those dark green leafy vegetables switch off all the screens at least an hour before you go to bed and thinking about um, including some restorative yoga and think about the meal you will choose to eat the night before the race and ensure that it is balanced, but with a good amount of complex carbohydrates to help maintain glycogen stores and also the containing foods that are non-irritating to the digestive system. Race day food and hydration choices are equally important. And remember that your choices will depend on how much time you have from waking until you actually start running. Don't forget to pack some food for after the race as well. You don't want to become over hungry as that could lead to um, detrimental physical and psychological symptoms as well as delaying recovery as well overall. And finally, to help ensure that you don't forget anything, think about um, putting together a checklist and tick off each item as you prepare for race day. And I think that really just leaves me to say good luck. Um, we will be thinking of you all on race day. And please do let us know how you get on. You can do that either in the Facebook group or if you would prefer, you could direct message Aileen and I. But we will be thinking about you and we'll wish you all the best of luck on London Marathon Day. Yes, thanks, Karen. And, um, you know, I join you in wishing everybody the best of luck. What an exciting time, but potentially um, it could be a nervous time for you too. But just go out there, do your best, enjoy the experience. Uh, we'll be cheering you on, um, probably watching on the TV somewhere. And uh, just remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. And do let us know how you get on. We'd, we'd love to know um, how you how you do on your big day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and feel inspired to focus on your nutrition as a vital part of your London Marathon or Autumn Marathon race training plan. During this series, we hope to cover all the vital information you require to have a great race day. However, Karen and I would love to help you even more, and we've decided the best way to do that is to make you a special offer to join our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program. It's for runners of all abilities. We take you through a series of short videos and action steps to help you create a food plan to suit your training plan. The program includes downloadable menus, food lists, meal plans and athlete plate diagrams for different training levels. But we think the real icing on the cake is that as part of the program you're invited to our weekly coaching circle. So we have two short Zoom sessions every Thursday at 1pm and 7pm UK time. So you get an opportunity to speak to us in person, to ask questions and get our personal input into your runner's nutrition plan. We really want you to get the best results from this summer's training, so we're offering the programme a very special price of only £97. The full price is £297, so that's £200 off the full price. That's less than £1 a day over 16 weeks, and there's a multi-payment offer too. So we really hope that you don't miss out on this offer. If you'd like to join the programme, please book via our website, which is runnershealthhub.com, 
Look at the Work With Us page and scroll down to Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners and use the coupon code RACE, that's R-A-C-E, to get the offer. We'd love to see you there and thanks again for listening. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as Best Leggings for Running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialling wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.